well, it is Epiphany Sunday, but it's also New Year's Day. What do we do? Do we preach a New Year's sermon? Do I preach uh, an Epiphany sermon? Well, I guess the answer is, we'll find out here in a moment. Um, uh, the answer is yes uh, to, to both. Uh, I, I love the holidays, and I love that we're still in, in the Christmas season. You know, Christmas, uh, the, the religious Christmas season is from December 25th through January 5th. And uh, those are supposed to be 12 days. Uh, the 12 days of Christmas, where my true love sent to me all these things, uh, th that is where we are right now. And uh, all of the, the, the scriptures and the preparation that we have, everything that we've been uh, working for um, through the, the season of Advent, uh, we are enjoying it and celebrating it uh, today. Uh, one of the things that, that I like to do for Advent is to go to the Nebraska Wesleyan uh, musical production that, that happens during, uh, well, in December, uh, during Advent. <laughs> and this year, it was Holiday Inn. Yes, that is my first and only favorite musical. Uh, I've watched many, many musicals, uh, and, and I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with them. Sorry, Michael. But... Um, uh, Holiday Inn is, is one of my favorites, and, or my, it's my favorite. And um, I, I called really late uh, to get tickets, so I got the first row tickets. Um, and it, it was really great uh, because we were right there by the orchestra, uh, in the orchestra pit. So, you know, um, before, because I've never seen one before the, the, the play started or the musical started, I, I, I sneaked sneaked in and, and say hello to the students and, and then sat down. And how the musical usually starts is with an overture. And an overture is, I think, kind of like a tiny glimpse of many of the musical, of, of, the, uh, of the songs that, that the musical is going to have. And, and they put them all together. Uh, and it, it, it gives folks uh, a taste of what the musical is going to be like. And for me, who love uh, Holiday Inn, um, they were going through all these um, uh, short uh, samples of, of each of the songs, and I was so excited. And, oh, and there's White Christmas. Oh, and there's this, oh, my gosh, I'm going to cry. It's going to be great. And it was great. Uh, I will recommend to you who are here and to you who are not <laughs> uh, to make it part of your holiday tradition, the musical Nebraska Wesleyan. Um, it's all, the, particularly the holiday one, it's, it's always awesome. Uh, so I, I, I wanted to, to, to share this with you um, because uh, the, the biblical scholar, uh, John Dominic Crossan, uh, he speaks of this scripture as an overture to the Gospel of Matthew. So what we have, actually, the, the first two chapters, the first two or three chapters of Matthew are meant as an overture for the, for the whole Gospel. And the, the, this is not something that, that is rare at all in the, in, in the New Testament. Um, if, actually, if you go to the book of James, chapter 1 is an overture 
for the rest of the letter. Even in the Old Testament, chapter 1 of Isaiah, it serves as an overture for the whole 66 chapters of, of the book. Now, as an overture, of, of course, we are going to get uh, ideas and glimpses of what the author is wanting to take us uh, in, this, in this story. Uh, the, the story of, of, of the Gospel of Matthew, uh, we, we know that the Christmas story is very different than the Christmas story in Luke. We, we, we know that. In Luke, there are angels, and there are shepherds, and there is an inn, and there is no place at the inn, right? Uh, in Matthew, there is none of that. Uh, in Luke, uh, Mary has a conversation uh, with, with an angel, and then Mary goes and, and visits uh, Elizabeth, uh, her cousin. Uh, in Matthew, there is none of that. In Matthew, the angel visits Joseph instead of Mary. Uh, in Matthew, uh, we have um, uh, this story, this particular story uh, of, of the birth of Jesus, uh, which has the Magi. And, and in Matthew, we have uh, the Joseph and Mary and, and baby Jesus uh, escaping to Egypt uh, because of, of a tragedy that uh, the King Herod committed on, uh, on the children uh, of Bethlehem. So uh, Matthew had, has a, a very specific message that wants, uh, he wants to bring uh, to us. Um, in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful and very simple gospel. Um, because for the first 14 chapters of, of, of the gospel, uh, we have Jesus speaking to us about what the kingdom of God is like. And actually, Jesus' message to the people is, the kingdom of God is here. It's not near, like John the Baptist would say, but for Jesus, the kingdom of God is here. And he showed the many different ways in which the kingdom of God is here. And then the second part of the gospel of Matthew, um, the kingdom of this world, uh, has, a, has a problem with the kingdom of God being here. So that's when all the conflicts begin, and, and that's when uh, Jesus begins to be um, uh, persecuted, and, and that's when he, he has a lot of uh, uh, collisions, uh, so to speak, uh, with the leaders of that time, and the, ending up in the crucifixion. Now, uh, the, the, uh, so the, the theme of, in Matthew is the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of this world. And the question for the reader is, which one is for you? <laughs> uh, where, where, are you where, where does your citizenship lies? Going back to the Magi. Um, the Magi, they come from the east. They're following a star. I've read so much about the Bethlehem star. I don't know if you remember a few years ago, there was a conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, and I don't know, and they were in some constellation somewhere in the sky, and people said, oh, this is exactly that, this is probably what the Magi were, were looking at. And uh, if we were going to try to look at a, at a historical um, astronomical event, uh, that's probably what the Bethlehem star was, uh, some sort of conjunction, a, a coming together of two planets or, uh, or a star or, or something along those lines. Uh, Matthew is really not interested in that. Uh, for Matthew, the Bethlehem star is a magic star. Um, the, they were following the star. It stopped in Jerusalem. And then um, 
they visited the king, and then the star, um, after they visited with the king, the star uh, moved and led them until the exact place where the child was born. So this, this is not a comet, it's not a supernova, it's, 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 it's something in the skies that is moving uh, with intention. So it's, it's this uh, very, uh, as I said, uh, well, uh, it's, it's a magical star. Uh, they come before Herod and they say, hey, uh, where's the king of the Jews? Uh, of course, they, they, because they start stopping Jerusalem, they assume that uh, the king will be in the, temp, in the, in the palace. But uh, in the palace, there was another king, the current king. <laughs> and if there's a new king, what happens to the current king? Right? No one likes that. It's like you're at your job, and, and you're doing your job just fine, and then all of a sudden, you're being introduced to your replacement. Uh, and you didn't know that was coming. <laughs> that was coming. So, uh, uh that is a very awkward, painful situation. And Herod, uh, he, uh, he had been working hard. Uh, historically, uh, Herod, uh, he wasn't a really bad king. Uh, he brought, he modernized uh, Jer Jerusalem. Uh, he brought uh, the aqueducts and, and, and he built the temple. He, he, he was not... He was trying too hard, maybe, to be the king and to be accepted and loved by, the, by his people, uh, but they didn't love him back. So, um, uh, so all of a sudden, he, he feels threatened. He asked uh, the people in, his, in, in the palace that knew about things, uh, about what was going on, and, um, and they told him about Bethlehem and all that, and they shared information with the Magi. And then the star, as I said moved with them to Bethlehem and pointed exactly at the place where the baby was. Um, and it was, um, uh, it was at a house. It was not a manger where they found the baby. And it was, um, he was probably about a toddler, like a two-year-old, because that's about the time that the star showed up in the sky. And it comes to us a question, what kind of kingdom is a kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is, is not one that resides in the palaces or in the centers of power. But the kingdom of God is with, with the common folk. It's uh, with those uh, that are living their lives uh, every day, uh, trying hard to, to make their living the kingdom of God is uh, with the people, with all of us. The kingdom of God is not about power. The kingdom of God is about community. The kingdom of God uh, is not about um, uh, exercising your will on, on others. Um, it's not about following political agendas. Uh, but the kingdom of God is about... Um, it's about a family. It's about love. It's about kindness. It's about all of us. And to begin with, uh, that, that is a theme that, that later on Matthew revisits many, many, many times. 
uh, but for us today, um, that, is, uh, that is what is before us. There's a sharp contrast between these two kingdoms. And now that we have welcome a new year, it's been nine and a half hours of this brand new year. It has that brand new year smell. Um, the question for us is, uh, which kingdom are we a citizen of? You know, the kingdom of this world, it's, um, sometimes it's not that difficult to, to find. Uh, the kingdom of, of this world, uh, for political reasons, will uh, the powerful uh, will gather a bunch of folks who may have come to this country for a new opportunity and put them in buses and drive them to the coldest part of the country and drop them there. That is what the kingdom of this world does. But the kingdom of God um, will do something different. Actually, the, um, in the book of Leviticus, it, it, it's very clear uh, that God wants us to, to take care of the immigrants and the sojourners and, 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 and to treat them as if they are part of us. You know, the, the, the kingdom of God uh, is, is very different than the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of this world uh, seeks to build more prisons, for example, um, uh, because our prisons are at capacity or beyond capacity. Um, and, uh, but the kingdom of God looks at all the problems that we have regarding people who are incarcerated. Uh, for example, uh, for every uh, person of majority uh, race who, who, or ethnicity who is in, in prison, uh, there are 10 who are of ethnic minorities uh, who, are also, who are also in prison. Um, when, for example, in the state of Nebraska, um, that ratio uh, in, the, in the population in general is four to one. Um, and there's obviously injustice because people of color are not more inclined uh, to be criminals. So w what is going on? What, what policies are, are going on? The kingdom of God looks at those things and, and try to convert them, trying to, uh, to find justice. Try to find people and love people. Like in the Gospel of Luke, it says Jesus, when, when he... Um, uh, when, when he spoke about his ministry, he said in chapter 4, he says, uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor, to set the captives free, to set the prisoners free. That is what the kingdom of God is. There is a kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world which are in constant battle. Not only out there, not only in the news, not only in the newspaper, but at their continuous battle within us. About seven years ago, no, about, yeah, seven years ago. <laughs> uh, about seven years ago, um, my son was in middle school, and we were going to uh, send him to Japan 
because we had it with him. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, Elijah. You know, you know what happened. The middle school had a trip uh, to Japan. We thought it was a great opportunity. There were chaperones. We were not chaperones in that trip, um, my wife and I. So, um, so we went to the Haymarket, uh, to the Nebraska store. I'm not sure how it's called, but they sell everything in Nebraska. I think it's called the Nebraska store. <laughs> um, and, um, and we wanted to get uh, uh, the host family a gift from Nebraska. Um, the family that he was going to be, you know, spending uh, his days with. And, um, and we were walking, and it, it was um, a farmer's market day. And as we were walking uh, down the sidewalk, um, th there was a homeless man there uh, with, you, you know, with a cardboard sign. Uh, I don't even remember what it said, the cardboard sign said. This was, again, this was seven years ago but I was not paying attention either. I just uh, walked past him, um, made sure to be between uh, him and my son. Um, and uh, about 10 steps further uh, from this man that have completely ignored, that have, chose not, have chosen not to see, my son stops. Recently, he had received a gift, a cash gift, uh, to take for him, to take with him to the trip, and uh, to buy things in Japan. Uh, but, but he stops, and, and I take a few more steps forward, and I, I turn around and I look at him, and he was taking out his wallet. And he opens his wallet, he looks at, at his money, uh, he takes a $20 bill, he looks at me, he shrugs his shoulders, he turns around, and he gives it to the man. You have to understand, <laughs> this is a kid that whenever we went on a trip, uh, we always give money to our kids and say, this is your budget. Uh, for the trip to buy whatever it is that, that you want. And he always asked, what if we don't spend all of it? We said, well, I guess you get to keep it. And he did not buy a souvenir in the whole trip uh, because he wanted that money for, I don't know what, uh, whatever 12-year-olds buy, uh, uh, video games or whatever. Um, this is a very money-conscious kid. Um, but he saw that man. And he saw the marks on his face. I didn't. Uh, he saw um, his miskept beard. I didn't. Uh, he saw the pain on his face. I didn't. And he turned around and he gave him, out of what he had, he gave this man. At that point, in that time, my son chose to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. I didn't. 
And these are choices that we have every single day. From the big issues that I just mentioned to walking by someone that is hurting on the sidewalk to making a phone call from someone from this list. Every day, we choose our citizenship. And what a great year is 2023 for us to commit to go all in in choosing the kingdom of God. And that is my prayer for us. That is my prayer for us. Will you please bow with me for a moment? Lord, we, we are no longer our own, but yours. Rank, rank us with whom you will. Put us to what you will. Made us work. Made us, make us rest. Whatever my we do, Lord, may be because you guide us. We are no longer our own, but yours. Now, this prayer is not just a commitment, but it is also very aspirational. We know the reality of our lives. We know that sometimes we make choices, and sometimes we choose the kingdom of this world. We choose to retain power over mercy. We choose to pursue fear instead of love. We ask you for you to remind us every day to choose you, to choose your kingdom, where kindness, where love, where hope are always the first choice. Help us to make this year the best year in which we are faithful to you. We pray to you, Lord. Um, present ourselves to you in this way. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you, Eduardo. Um, now for